0: Hi, and welcome to A Body's Tale, where we discuss medical maladies firsthand. I'm your host, Eric Ramson. In this week's episode, we talk to a young woman whose knee surgery ended up going horribly wrong and leading to all sorts of physical ailments. I hope you find it fascinating. All right, uh, I'm sitting here with Sarah. Hi, Sarah. Hi. (laughs) Um, We are going to talk about your knee, Mm -hmm. and we've had a previous episode with someone's uh, knee surgery, But unlike that previous episode where everything went well, you're going to tell us about when things don't go well.
1: Yeah, where everything kind of seems to go wrong.
0: (laughs) So uh, why don't you get started from the beginning?
1: Okay, so I originally tore my ACL um, back in 2015, 2016-ish, and it seemed like a typical... I was playing uh, lacrosse at the time, and I did a type of spin move, and my knee just gave out, and I collapsed, and that's when we kind of... Thought we figured out something wasn't right and originally we went to an urgent care and they told us that I had just sprained it which was not true and so about two weeks later I went and I saw an actual knee specialist, an orthopedic surgeon. He did the test, I got an MRI done, came back, I tore my ACL and so we decided to go with a different surgeon and he told me that the best option for me would be a patellar graft, taking a tendon from the patellar and then using that as my new ACL.
0: So essentially from your kneecap taking some of that tendon and Mm -hmm. making that into a new ACL.
1: Yeah, basically. Um, And the other option that was presented that he kind of steered us away from was uh, a hamstring tendon which is taking uh, part of your hamstring and then using it as the tendon because the patellar is a little bit stronger of a graft but it's a little bit more difficult to break in, I guess if that makes sense where uh, PT at the beginning is a little bit more difficult. It's a little bit more difficult to get mobility back, but it should last you longer. The hamstring is a little bit weaker, but it's a little bit more flexible, so it's easier to break in. And uh, PT is not quite as difficult in the beginning, but you are at a, high, a slightly higher risk of retear. So and we wanted to try to avoid that, and he basically told us our best option would be with the patellar graft. Um, And so about a month later, I had that surgery done. And when I came out of it, it wasn't, I wasn't feeling the best. I was feeling kind of in pain and stuff, but that was, I was kind of told that was typical. Um, But as the week that I had off to kind of recover, kept going, I noticed that I was losing feeling in my foot where my foot was going cold and tingly. Um, And I was just in a lot of pain, a lot more pain than I should have been. So when we went in for my post-op appointment, they kind of checked everything out and they looked kind of concerned too, because I was in a lot of pain and I had an x-ray done and they told me that the screw that they put in my knee to hold the new tendon in place was had shifted, um, which now I think was, it actually just wasn't placed right, but they told us that it was shifted and it was pinching on a nerve in my leg and it was, that was what was causing my foot to go tingly and start to lose feeling. So a week, so uh, a couple days after that post-op appointment, I had another surgery. Um, so this was about a week after my first surgery to kind of, to move that uh, screw back into the right place so that it wouldn't be pin- pinching on a nerve. Um, and so after that, I took another week off of school of everything and then I started going to PT and I was progressing a little bit at the beginning. Things seemed to be going relatively normal-ish. And
0: at this point, you weren't losing feeling in your foot?
1: No, that seemed to that have cleared up. I okay. wasn't in um, as much of pain, like there's still a little okay. bit of pain, but it was typical now of okay. I think what a knee surgery would be um, after the fact. and. I seemed to be progressing pretty well with my mobility, getting some of it. Um, and then probably a month or so later, not even probably, I started falling behind on the kind of landmarks I was supposed to get to. Um, with mobility, I couldn't bend my knee past about 90 degrees. I couldn't get it fully straight onto the table. And it got to the point where my physical therapist, he was A relatively smaller guy, still kind of big, but like not that big, but he would be putting his full body weight on my leg, trying to push it down, trying to get it straight.
0: Just trying to get your leg straight.
1: Just trying to get it to lay straight on a table because it would um, be just slightly bent off where I couldn't get it to just lay flat. And then after that, we would kind of bounce back and forth between him cranking, trying to get it. Straight and then also then we would switch and then he would be pushing on it trying to get it to bend
0: That's a strong tendon.
1: Yeah, it f- For whatever reason it my knee just wouldn't move anymore. It was really frozen and the even though it was I didn't have my full mobility eventually they did take me off my brace and um Everything like they unlocked it and then I was walking around without it, but I wasn't walking properly. I was walking with pretty major limp most of the time. Um, The only time that I really would get away from the limp would be right after physical therapy, but then as soon as I got in the car to drive home, I got out of the car, I'd be back with the limp. I see. So, there was obviously something not happening, something that wasn't healing right or something that was wrong. And at one of my post-op appointments, we brought up concerns to my surgeon and he wanted to keep pushing off doing another surgery. He thought that I would be able to break through whatever buildup of scar tissue or anything that was going on and I'd eventually, with physical therapy, be able to move past this. And so we took his advice and we kept going with physical therapy until about six months later. So the original surgery, I think, was in May, April or something, and then in December, that following December, we were like, this isn't working anymore. We need to do something else. And so, we decided with the same surgeon to have another surgery. And so, this was to clean out a buildup of scar tissue and it was orthoscopic, so it wasn't invasive um, and it was it just- wasn't as invasive. As invasive, <laughs> true, yeah.
0: You're still putting a camera inside your knee.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's true. It wasn't as invasive where they didn't have to do the two long scars. It sure. was like two small scars and everything, so. It didn't seem like it would be as bad, and if it would get me to be able to move my knee, like I was all for it. Especially because right. I haven't been able to play lacrosse or any sport that I was playing at the time in six months, and that was something that was really important to me. Especially because I was talking to colleges and potentially playing for sure. them in school, sure. um, and so I was kind of willing to do anything to get back to normal. Um, and so they we'd had that surgery. I came out of it. It wasn't as painful as the first one or the second one. It was very, I woke up, I was feeling good, um, but I was back to, I couldn't put weight on my knee for a week and I was back in the crutches and the locked brace and everything. Right. But I felt a lot better and I we noticed right away in physical therapy that I had a lot more movement. Um, I still wasn't back to normal where I was getting my knee completely straight, but I was able to bend it past, I think slightly past 90 degrees. I think the highest I ever got it to was like 117 degrees. Okay. Um,
0: what, what do they do differently with this surgery?
1: So basically, they go. Oh, you
0: said. You, I'm sorry. You had said they went in to get yeah. the scar tissue part. Yeah.
1: Yeah. They just. What they told us, and I don't know all of the details, is that they went in and cleaned, cleaned out whatever that means scar tissue. Right. Um,
0: do they give you any more details than that?
1: Not really, no. Okay. Um, Even in a lot of my medical files, because we were trying to look back over everything after everything that's happened and trying to figure everything out, it just basically said cleaned up scar tissue. tissue." Um, And I no longer see that surgeon, so that's also, I don't go to the hospital anymore, so it's kind of hard to figure out exactly what they did because we think that might have been where a lot of issues kind of got amplified that were happening kind of before. But, right. um, so, you're
0: doing PT, you, yeah. can, you can bend your knee further yeah. now.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And what it seems that like
1: then? everything is going kind of in the right direction again um, where I'm starting to get healed and everything, um, but um, I'm still not getting back to 100%. For some reason, I'm still not able to really run um, because it's giving me a lot of pain in my knee and my ankles and everything. Because that had all gotten tight.
0: Are you still having a limp then as well?
1: Yeah, I'm still having, I have, it's not as significant as before, but there's still a slight limp, but they still decided to take me out of my brace, um, off crutches and everything. Even though I still, I don't think was walking a hundred percent correctly. And it was something that I was working on every single day, but just never seemed to see progress in. Um, And eventually, so this was... I kept going to PT for another, I think, two-ish years. So I was a sophomore in high school when I first taught, and now I'm about a senior in high school about to graduate. And it's the summer, and it's my last summer at home, and I'm sick and tired of going to physical therapy, and I'm not seeing progress.
0: And meanwhile, you've lost two, two years of lacrosse.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: That's gone.
1: Yeah, and basically any hope of playing for in college even at an intramural team it's kind of gone. Sure. So I'm kind of over it, I guess, at that point. And so I just decided to kind of stop going to physical therapy and I was frustrated with them. So I didn't really notify them. I just kind of stopped scheduling appointments and I never got a follow-up email, a phone call, anything, because that was also the physical therapy place I was going to was connected to where my surgeon worked. It was all part of the same system. Okay. And so I never got an email or anything from my surgeon who was seeing me. I never got an email from my physical therapist or the place. It just kind of like I stopped going, and that was kind of it. I just kind of decided not to go anymore. Um, and so then that summer I was still walking with a limp, but it wasn't too bad. I could walk for about 45 minutes, maybe an hour at a time, and then I'd need a break. And then the next day I would be in a world of hurt and I'd basically have to write off the day because I wouldn't be able to function because um, I'd just be in too much pain. It just wouldn't be possible. Um, but that was just kind of the norm that I had accepted at the time because it was like there's nothing more that they can do and I'm not going back to physical therapy because right, it's, it's, the
0: it's, physical therapy wasn't doing a whole lot for you.
1: Yeah. Yeah, and there just didn't seem to be a point, so I just kind of accepted it. Um, And then I came up here to Grand Valley and I just was walking around campus and moving around a lot more than I ever had been and just walking to classes and everything. And all of a sudden I noticed that my knee was getting a lot worse. That's when I started to kind of see it go back downhill. Um, It would give out on me a lot where I would just be walking and I'd kind of take a step and I'd have to catch myself Um, Or if I was stepping up into like a taller car or something it would give out and I'd have to grab onto something Um, and I was just in a lot more pain than I had been before and At that point I figured something was probably not right again or something had gotten worse or I did something. Or maybe
0: the scar tissue had returned.
1: Yeah, or something. Um, So we decided to actually see a new surgeon this time and not go back to the same place because obviously they kind of messed up a lot and we were kind of frustrated with them. Um, And he checked out my knee and originally I think actually, no, I went to uh, the health center here and they did the whole ACL check where they grab your leg and kind of pull it forward to see if there's a tendon there that stops it from moving forward. And every time that I had that checked out, whether it was with my new surgeon or the health center on here, everybody said that it seemed fine. Um, And so I thought that it must have been something else. But when I went home, my surgeon told me, well, let's get an MRI just in case. Right, different surgeon. Different surgeon. Yeah. The only problem with that is I have two pretty big, relatively speaking, screws, metal screws in my knee.
0: Which is a problem when an MRI is a giant magnet.
1: Yeah. You and so they it. were concerned that a picture wouldn't show up or they wouldn't be able to really tell Sure. anything, but they're like, let's get one done just in case anyways, just to see if we can see anything. And so we decided to do that. And that MRI, I think, was the weirdest MRI I've ever felt because I could feel kind of the screws in my knee. You can
0: feel those screws moving. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And it wasn't painful. It was just...
0: Unexpected. Yeah,
1: unexpected and just weird, I guess, is the best way to explain it. But I got the picture done. We went back, we saw my surgeon, and he said that they could see enough to notice that my new ACL, the patellar graft, was torn 98% of the way. That was basically holding on by two threads And he was like, if you ever see those cartoons where like the piano's hovering and it's like those last two little
0: The last two little pieces of rope. Yeah, was basically
1: how he explained it to me and I was like, oh great exactly what I wanted to hear Um, and but the hard part about that too was I don't remember tearing it Mm -hmm. when I initially tore my ACL I could tell you the exact moment it happened Mm -hmm. and this last time
0: just more gradual and you just didn't know Yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah. And so we weren't sure initially where it could have started. We were wondering, we were wondering specifically if it happened with that um, surgery that was orthoscopic, that was cleaning out scar tissue, if somebody had just nicked my ACL or something and it just kind of started to pull away. And my new surgeon had theories, but he didn't really want to say anything because he didn't want to throw he
0: didn't want to speak badly of his fellow surgeon.
1: Yeah, sure. yeah, so he didn't really want to say anything. Um, yeah, and so then we decided to have another surgery to replace this ACL. and But then we had a problem with, of deciding where to take a new graft from because they didn't want to take one from the same leg again because then that would just further destabilize the knee Sure. and put it at risk. But then they didn't want to take one from my other leg because I already have bad knees, that they're afraid that if they take something from this knee, it'll destabilize it. Sure. So they decided to do a cadaver tendon. Okay. Um, and the only problem with that is uh, there's a time period. I think it's four months after you have the surgery where your body is attacking that new tendon.
0: Right, sees it as a foreign, uh, yeah. a foreign article or a foreign invader. Yeah. yeah.
1: Yeah. So it kind of attacks it, and so it makes it really weak. And so in that. I think it's four to six months, six to seven months, is when you're most likely to retear your ACL um, because it's at its weakest and you have to be really careful. And also it's similar to the patellar tendon where it's a little harder in the beginning with PT to kind of get going, um, to kind of, I guess, break it in. But that was kind of our only option that was left, um, our only really feasible option. So that's kind of what we ended up going with. Um, I had Another surgery, but also this time instead of the two long, like zipper scars that are on the outside of my leg and the front of my knee, he went back in through two of the old orthoscopic okay. scars that I had and then added two more orthoscopic scars. So this one wasn't as invasive as the first one either.
0: Okay, so this was, he had already replaced them with a cadaver tendon? No, so this, was, this was to replace it. Okay, yeah. I'm sorry. So
1: instead of just opening up those really big scars, they have a new method now, I guess, that gotcha. they can go in a lot less invasively. Okay. Which I've discovered that my old surgeon, who wasn't older, kind of been in the game, I guess, a little bit longer than my new surgeon, he used a little bit of older methods. Cause, sure, so um, he's
0: probably what he knew.
1: Yeah, and sure. um, he's well known and he's done really well, and I know a lot of people who went to my school who had their ACLs replaced with them and had no. absolutely no problems. Sure. Sure. So I think it's a combination of a lot of different things. Sure. Um, but so we did that. It wasn't as invasive. I think I had eight stitches total whereas the other one I had mo- that many in both scars. So almost double right. that. Right. Um, yeah. So we replaced it. I started then going back to physical therapy again and this was all in the summer before my sophomore year of college now. So it's been almost four years. I think we're coming up on five years now. Um, and that seemed, everything seemed to be going really well. My surgeon and my physical therapist were working very closely together to make sure everything was on track, that I seemed to be doing everything right and that everything seems to be going well and that they didn't need to have another surgery or figure something out, um, which is really nice. And Yeah. So I, after going through this physical therapy, I walk with less of a limp now. Um, I walk as normal as I have in years. Sure. It's been significantly better. Um, It's still not, I don't think a hundred percent back to where I was before. And I just don't think that's ever once again, going to be possible because there's just so much that's been done to my knee. Um, But the only thing now is because I was walking with a limp for so long, my hips are out of line and that's been causing a lot of problems for me with walking again is that now i'm having issues with my opposite hip which is now irritating my back and so now i'm having back problems and which it all i think stemmed from this knee issue and not being able to get it fixed right away sure. and so
0: compensating wrong. while you're limping yeah is and standing, throwing your muscles off
1: and, yeah and i've been standing with all of my weight on one leg for the majority of the time for right, years right, now right that it's just caused a lot of hip issues and so now that's the next thing that we have to tackle is trying to figure out exactly what's going on with my hip and how to fix that. Sure. Too.
0: So you're going to physical therapy for that? or?
1: Yeah. I started going, going to physical therapy again um, this past couple months and that seems to be helping a little bit. We're thinking about maybe going to a chiropractor and seeing if getting everything realigned helps or... I don't want to say another surgery, I don't think it'll come to that, but that's kind of been discussed too.
0: Okay. Of trying to go
1: in and that would be on my hip and trying to figure out what's wrong with that, but first I would need to get picturing done. and Sure. We're trying to avoid all of that because I really don't want to have to go through all of that again because it's not fun. Right. Yeah.
0: So physical therapy, uh, how's the pain management?
1: Um, It's okay, some days are better than others. Sure. It, uh, if I've gone kind of a little bit of time without getting my legs realigned because my legs are different lengths now, um, then I start noticing that I get a lot more pain. But I can't sit for long periods of time, um, especially in like desk chairs or harder chairs. So
0: essentially, the chair you're sitting in now. Yeah, okay.
1: but I mean, I'm I'm used to it at this point. um sure. It Yeah, I can't sit for long periods of time. I can't stand for long periods of time. I can walk longer than I was able to walk before, but it's still about an hour and a half-ish before it's like, okay, I need a break. But I bounce back a lot quicker though. Good. Before where it would be, I would be in pain for a couple days. If I was in pain for one day or I did something a lot, the next day I would still be able to function. I might mm-hmm. need to take some ibuprofen or to ice or stretch or something, which I'm very di- diligent about now. But I, the next day, I don't have to completely write off. I know I might have to take it a little bit easier or I just need to gauge kind of how I'm feeling, but for the most part, I can actually do something. And I don't have to just kind of lay around icing all day and being in pain, which so it's is significantly better to, yeah. for me. Yeah. Um, it'd be nice to eventually get to a point where I could hit around a volleyball or throw a little cross ball back and forth or do something more athletic or more intense than just walking. But for right sure. now, my main goal is just focusing on walking right and walking properly.
0: Now with the the legs being different lengths, do you need to have any kind of um, say shoe insert or anything that that will allow you to walk a little bit better?
1: We my physical therapist and I have been discussing potentially doing that. Um, right now we want to see if by keeping on top of keeping my legs in- aligned um, that eventually it might fall back to being normal. And if I focus on walking properly, um, doing that instead because with the shoe insert, we're afraid that it'll just leave me permanently unaligned. Sure. And okay. that it might cause issues for the long, long run because That's another hard part is I'm 19 years old, and I'm having a lot of these alignment walking issues that we want to have me walking as well and as long as possible without having to implement any kind of assistance, Sure. which so my surgeon's been kind of pushing to make sure that I I have like um, compression sleeves and braces and I have an every knee brace under the sun, basically right now. Um, okay. But we're really trying to not have me wear that unless I'm doing a high strenuous activity like working out or something like that.
0: Right, they want you to strengthen everything and, yeah. and do it as natural as possible. Yeah,
1: and try to build those muscles up around it so I don't necessarily have to be reliant.
0: Right. On and that. So you don't then weaken thing. the knee and tear it again like yeah. all Yeah. That fun stuff.
1: Yeah. Okay. So there's been discussions about a shoe insert, but right now we're trying to focus on keeping it align- my legs aligned and keeping the strength up so that I don't necessarily have to do that. I think probably eventually I'll have to get one, which I also think probably eventually I'm gonna be stuck in a knee brace permanently or knee replacements or there's gonna be, I know more in the future because now that all the surgeries seem to be done with my left knee and I've been compensating for so long with my other knee that I'm seeing Issues also arise in my other knee. Sure. Of that one being overworked and and having a lot of issues too. So it's all a big mess and trying to figure out what the best way to kind of tackle all these kind of different issues while not irritating something else is proven to be quite difficult and a lot more than I realized it was going to be. Sure. Um, I thought I was just gonna have a simple knee surgery and six to twelve months later I'd be back to playing lacrosse, right? And it's been for almost five years now, I think and I'm still trying to figure out how to walk right so it's definitely different than what I was expecting, but It kind of is what it is and it's led me to different avenues, which I guess is a good thing such as Um. so instead of doing sports, I still wanted to do something competitive, and so I found debate. And I love debate, I love discussing issues. I'm a political science sociology major, so arguing is kind of in my nature. Okay. Um, and so it kind of gave me the opportunity and the time to kind of find that, and that's what kind of made me realize that I wanted to study political science especially. Um, And that's what I want to go into and I don't think if I tore my ACL I don't think I would have found out about that as soon sure as I did
0: So maybe a silver lining
1: maybe that's what I try to tell myself (laughs) Is to try to find that silver lining of no some good did come out of it even though it was kind it was difficult to get through and to kind of I kind of had to reinvent myself and figure out kind of what I wanted to do with the limitations, the physical limitations that I have now. Sure,
0: and uh, what else have you found helpful in terms of, I mean obviously this can be a frustrating thing, especially mm-hmm. every day, how do you deal with that frustration?
1: Um, I write a lot, okay. um, I journal a lot, especially when I'm feeling very frustrated or down or just like the world's kind of against me. I, I think writing just kind of helps me get all the jumbled thoughts I have in my head just out. And I don't even necessarily read back over what I write. It's just kind of...
0: Nice to get it out.
1: Just nice to get it out. Um, And also just talking to people about everything that's been going on because when I first tell everybody the story, it's kind of like a lot to take in because it's a very long story. It has a lot of moving parts and it's not even close to being done yet. But if I tell somebody and I can and they understand kind of my physical limitations. One, they can help me in the physical sense of if we're walking or whatever, they know to check in and be like, Hey, do you need to sit down? Sure. Can I get you something? Like, are you still good? But then also they kind of understand my mental limitations and stuff. And when I start kind of getting in a downward spiral, they know the history of that and they can kind of help me through it. And so So I think
0: having a good support group.
1: Yeah, definitely. And just, being open and allowing also them to help because for a really long time I kind of, I just ignored it. I thought that it was kind of normal to have everybody has these issues and sure. whatever, and I just kind of write off my own problems and I wouldn't want to tell anybody about anything. And I've realized that that's not very healthy. And <laughs>
0: sure, you tried to toughen it out. And yeah, it's better to have support.
1: Yeah, yeah. So I think if there's something going on, whether it's Mental physical a mixture of both anything that just telling somebody is really important and talking to people about Everything and also knowing your limitations but also not necessarily seeing them as limitations as Just kind of like you have to do something a little differently than everybody else because everybody's different
0: that, I, I think that's a great way um, To leave it. I think that's a great message yeah. uh, Anything else you'd like to add?
1: Um, I don't think so. I think that was pretty much everything.
0: Okay, it was just such a great way to end it. So thank you very much,
1: Sarah. Okay, of course, thanks for having me.
0: Well, that's it for this week's episode of A Body's Tale. Thank you for stopping by. If you want to know anything more about knee surgery or the knee itself, feel free to up your favorite search engine and, you know, search for knee surgery or related topics. Yeah, I really got nothing for you on this one because we've already talked about it extensively. Um, but once again, be your own patient advocate And I remind you to be kind and be curious.